Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another fabulous installment of Matt and Dennis, the Matt and Dennis podcast, episode 98, 99? I'm going to go 98, Matt. I think it's 98. We're off to a great start here. Let me, uh... But I don't know. Let me double check. Uh, Social media manager, do you know what we're at? This is episode 98. So, barring any scheduling snafus... We will be hosting episode 100 just about a week from now. And as expected, we have really nothing exciting uh, planned for it. Um, could see if our friends want to come on and just smack talk us the whole time. and relive. just have them do it. Really? Yeah. Relive. Just open up a Zoom. I'll hit record. You and I just step away and we'll just post whatever they talk about. I'm sure it'll be entertaining and it would be safe for work. Moment, something like that. Um, all right, Dennis, let's, uh, let's get right into it because like I said, I am exhausted. Last night was, uh, not a great night's sleep. So if there's a mattress company out there or something that wants to, uh, sponsor the show, that way we can get free, a free mattress or something. That'd be swell. Um, Dennis Giants beat, uh, the, you're not even going to ask me how I am. No, I don't care. I know you don't care, but we're on opposite ends of the spectrum today, baby cakes. I am. Flying high, soaring high, great day. It's Sunday in Denny World, okay? So it's been a good day. And I've had myself a Sunday, Monday, fun day. Woke up early after a long day of drinking yesterday. Don't know why, just felt good. A little exercise. Made some chicken for the week. Dinners are prepped and planned, ready to go. A little barbecue chicken. It's in the fridge, it's waiting for me. Will I eat it tonight? I don't know. Did a little bit of work. Took two poos, showered. All of that was done before noon. Decided to treat myself. Daddy's been drinking since three. Had a little cigar mixed in. So, yeah, you could say I'm feeling good. Any day you can shower and poop and drink in the same day, I think, is a good day. Mm, it's the way God intended it. What do we have? Chicken, chicken chili on the menu tonight? Chicken chili at the Matt and Dennis Orlando Studios. Uh, Sounds good. Little beans. Beans? Yes, there will be magical beans. fruit. I don't know what that is, but oh. yeah. So they'll can't, be... can't hear the social media manager on the mic. She's too far away. More poop um, later tonight. Um, that's any, but Dennis the poop I'm... podcast. I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, we got a, a lot to talk about, mainly in football. And first off, you know, let's start with this. Um, me and Dennis happen to, we do this quite a bit in our group chat and just, we text each other about things that we thought went well on the show, things that we thought didn't go well, things that can be improved on for the future. And, and, you know, I think some of the best things that Let's happen, be open and honest. You text me. Yeah. Yeah. But you, but you start it and you deserve it a lot of the time. So Dennis, th- this is what I, I texted Dennis. I said, you know, Dennis, here's some constructive criticism for our show things that we could do better. We need to either get some more creative title names or more creative descriptions of what the show is about. Because anytime we disagree on it, it's just Matt gets mad at Dennis. So the next morning when I, when I see the headline for the first time, before I even have an opportunity to listen to it, I start like, like rolling through like the different topics in my head. I'm like, like me and Dennis yell at each other and disagree on, on plenty of stuff. And I'm like, what, what point is the one where we just disagreed and which, at what point is the one where we just get mad? 
or where or, or I supposedly got mad. So I, I said, Dennis, if, if me getting mad is us disagreeing, then I get mad at you every show. And I think I was bored watching sports and I gave Dennis the business. And I said, oh, it's another weekend where Dennis calls me out and then we disagree, which is supposedly when I get mad. But I'm usually right about it 90% of the time. And then when I tell Dennis over text message and kind of try to press the buttons and say, oh, Dennis, wrong again. He's like, nah, I don't care. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like you uh, trying to cover your tracks like uh, you've accused me of. So this past week, the one was when you gave me the honor of picking um, one of our picks for our football picks for the weekend. I said, uh, give me a fun rivalry matchup between the Bengals and the Browns in the great state of Ohio. Bengals looked good. They were coming off of a, a, a not going to say pretty bad performance, but you let the Jets score over 30 points on you. So it wasn't a great performance. The Browns having some trouble, but they've been average. So what would happen? And I am dumb and I don't know anything. And uh, the Browns were going to win in a landslide or the Bengals were going to win in a landslide, but it was actually the Browns who won in the landslide. So I just kind of tried to press Dennis's buttons. Yeah. Wrong again, Dennis. Wrong again. Well, I will start at the beginning of what you just said. One, you had to retrace what we had talked about on the podcast that would then garner you intrigued and have you click the button to listen to said podcast. And I'm not making the titles for you or I I'm making them the lovely listeners out there in the world to hear about us. Hopefully nearing hundred episodes, they're aware of who you and I are. Or if it's just a new person, like, oh, this guy got mad at this guy. Maybe it's a little tangent. Maybe there's some yelling. It's intriguing. I don't know what's going on here. Who's Roddy Jones? This is interesting. It is interesting. This is the man I work with. Oh, I was like, it's just a random person. Well, this is going on the show. more editing that we'd have to do. I don't know. I love this. It's live radio. Isn't it? Are you texting him? Yeah. Can't tell if he can hear us. He's just like, what's going on? Or I'm not sure. This is awesome. Does he have an opinion on any of this? I don't think so. <laughs> Technical difficulties, Dennis. You were saying that for everyone, it gives it, I think, more, makes it more enticing. Uh, yes, when the titles. Make that title just. But yes. it's like. It's like second, I, second point to that. I think it's funny if it's Matt gets mad, but not when every other episode is Matt gets mad. I don't know which part of it is me being mad or just me raising my voice. Usually I save them for when you get the most upset or I do. It's rare that I get too upset, but since I'm making the title, I will just make you upset at me rather than me upset at you, even though I was upset at you. Right. So I don't But on my end, it's just funny. And that's because I'm doing it because I have to download the podcast, edit it, and then put it up on the site. And I have to think of what we talked about in the description, which is literally the same thing every week. And then think about a title. And I'm sitting there listening. There's no room to be creative. I don't care. I just want to get it posted. Well, why don't here? I'll come up with it and I'll just text you. Say, Dennis, and you come up with it. You can, but just do it right after the show so that there's yeah. no. Yeah, no, no, I'm just, I'm just saying it's, it's, it's funny to me. It's like I'll listen. I always listen to the show just the way the whole way through because one, I just 
like like I said, I want us to know what we can do better, what we shouldn't be doing. And and the other thing is sometimes you and I do the show extremely inebriated and I don't even remember talking some of the topics that we talked about. So that's even when I'm sober, I don't remember what we talked about. True. Yeah, good point. Um yeah, but I was just listening to it and I and I didn't I still right now I still don't even know which part you were the referring to. One part is when you completely stopped the argument of the bitter rivalry that is the Green Bay Packers and Kansas City Chiefs. Stop the argument. It was, it was blasphemy that you said that and you think that that's a rivalry. Well, for and one, you had said, you're right, let's stop, we're done. And so your voice kind of elevated. Well, so you got a little one, mad at me that we continued that. For one, what, what, stopped, do you, what do you want to call it? A kerfuffle? For one, I stopped the argument because we were doing it for, we were arguing about it for like 10 minutes and that was more time than we needed to spend on that and we were going around in circles. But also, yeah, but it's fun. But also later that day, I was able to send an article from a really rep. So whether you. An article from 2012, Matt. From a really reputable uh, news source. That's a report. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. From 2012. Uh, news source, reputable sports source and maybe not reputable, popular sports uh, media outlet that also shared that that is a significant. They're the buzzfeed of the sports world. Yeah, but I mean, other people have way. thousands of readers. So, we're but not also, gonna... you did give me a bunch of crap. And yeah. yes, it's fine. I'll eat the crow. Yeah. Bengals completely let me down. I said the Bengals might put 40 up. It was the Browns that put 40 up. They went the complete opposite way. But I went back and looked at this, the picks because Ellis, of course, had to bring up picks early on a Monday morning when mm-hmm. I don't even look at these things until Thursday when we were I know where you're going. I know where you're going with this. You didn't pick the Browns. No, I didn't. So <laughs> yesterday I was led to believe the entire time when you were texting me and just yeah. hammering me for my terrible analysis, no. all justified. You still didn't pick the Browns. No, I didn't. No, that, it was terrible. Crazy town. It was a terrible analysis thinking that that game couldn't be evenly matched or it could go one way or the other is what you were saying. And it was, well, at it least was, I took a stand. That's what I told you. Quit being vanilla, have a scoop of Rocky road. Let's say some outlandish stuff. Let's get the people hot and bothered. Yeah, that's, but the point the point wasn't that I picked the Bengals or picked the Browns. The point was I picked the game as being entertaining enough that it was worth picking. And you said how much of a landslide it would be. And to think that the Bengals wouldn't win is asinine and and was just absolutely crazy. And why? Hey, I was wrong, but, you know, what do you we waste our time picking that what game? What do you want from me? Well, let's, let's, I mean, think about all the people – you complained to me about sports-wise mm-hmm. personalities on ESPN. They don't need to be named. Anyone that knows you knows who they are. People on WFAN. Mm-hmm. What gets people hot and bothered? People saying outlandish crap. You're never going to commend any of the people that are spot on and they're just making educated guesses. Blah, 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 blah. No, we're yelling about the people that are yelling into our TV boxes or through our radio speakers. So are you I'm, trying to be, I'm trying to be that. I bought into the Bengals. Now, maybe we should have waited because, and with Odell being released, because at the time he had not, when we recorded the podcast, he was not cut, correct? He was not cut. He was uh, being excused it, from practice. Yeah. So I he bought into all practice. of that follow up either that night or the next day of him being cut. And all of the stats come out of just how much better Baker Mayfield and the Browns are without Odell. You know, he's a cancer, but we're well aware of that, aren't we? 
Yeah, but no, but but the point that I was rubbing not that, that would hinder my pick. I'm just saying, but I threw all of that into the stew that concocted my Bengals 40 point win. Which is fine. Sometimes where we have our share of predictions that are right, and other times we have our share of predictions that are wrong. The reason I was just giving you shit off the airwaves over text was that you were. I'm getting a spam call from Bridgeport right now. Should bring them up. I get them all the time. Um, the only it was just because of how how certain you or how in the wrong I was about regardless of who won the game, how wrong I was about thinking this had the potential of of being entertaining because of how sure you were and how sure you made it known that you were at the bank. But let's be fair here. Not just win. The wrong of it being entertaining was the game entertaining. Oh yeah. I I think so. In the sense that no one had the Browns credit to Ellis. But would it have had the same entertainment value if that's what Mixon, Burrow and Chase and everybody was doing for Cincinnati? If they did what the Browns did, would it still have the same entertainment value? No, my, my point is. Why? Because people expect the Bengals to, we're talking about a four and four Browns team. I understand where you're coming from. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying a lot of the fun in this. If if you can be on the air, and, and we're all big boys here, and the disagreement's the best part. You and I have said multiple times there's there'll be a string of twenty shows where you and I don't have a single disagreement. Yeah, now, we like talked a, about this when we first started this podcast. We would text every week about how crappy the Giants are and get yeah. into arguments, and then we started the podcast, and there were no arguments. It was like, what the hell are we doing here? So I just think, I just think whether on the next episode or, or over a friendly text on, on football Sunday. I think if you come at me so hard, not just like, eh, Matt, I disagree. I don't think it's going to happen. No, it's stupid. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I think it's in within your right or my right. Who's ever on the, the more accurate side of the argument should be allowed to attempt to push the buttons of the. That's fine. I'm it's totally allowed. You can do whatever you want, but. To, to your argument, saying that it was going to be an entertaining game. It was not entertaining. It was I not entertaining. Possibility. had some entertaining plays. Nick I Chubb, a long run. Denzel Ward, the 100-yard pick six. I said it at the It was not an entertaining game. I said it had the possibility to be entertaining, but you said. Oh, uh, covering your butt. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm cut, But even though you were covering <laughs> your butt. Yeah, we come full circle. But you were saying it wouldn't be entertaining for the sole purpose that myself or anyone that thought for a second would think that the Browns, whether they won by one or whether they won by 30, would have a chance. It was just so stupid. Why waste our time doing picks for this or using that as picks? What is your argument? Yep. Because of that specific reason. Yes. And give the Browns. It did did have the worst outcome we could have imagined for. We all picked Cincinnati, which I assumed we would. And yet the lone guy that picks the Browns is Ellis. Mm -hmm. And of course, then I have to hear from him on Sunday. Now it wasn't as bad as maybe anyone out there listening. Like, Oh, Ellis probably ran train on you guys. He was dumping on you. How could you pick against the Browns? But no, he just brought it up. Hey, Dennis, remember when you said on the podcast that you have to hear from me? Well, here I am. And then he didn't say, but but again, he's saying we're, we're saying two different things. If Ellis is coming at you, no, I'm saying you made it worse by making us pick this game. We all picked what I thought we would. We all picked Cincinnati. Somehow he picked the Browns, and now he looks like a savant, and we look like idiots. Well, as, whether you like it or not, we're in the same boat because we picked the same. Just because my analysis was off, it's the same result. 
No, but, but but again, my analysis has been off plenty of times. Your analysis has been off plenty of times. Everyone you know what we're doing. I don't do any research for this. No, but, but just what I'm what I'm saying is, as a personality, you and I both have our personalities, for better or worse. What I'm saying is, you come out so high and mighty how it's such a dumb idea to yep. pick this game. But then when you were proven wrong, now it's ah, I don't care. Ugh, blah, blah, blah. So I mean, I, I still don't care. That's I'm, I'm pointing out. I'm trying to make the podcast entertaining. And, and the Sunday to me is that's my Saturday. And I don't care what picks I made. Here, what, but, but again, obviously. You know what I care more about? My parlay is consistently not hitting. Agreed. I'm in a bad way right now. Agreed. But again, you and I at the end of football Sunday aren't going to bed like thinking like, oh, man, that Browns Bengals game. Like no, not losing sleep. Neither of us are losing sleep. Matt, you know what I had to do today? I had to watch film because YouTube, apparently, on NFL's YouTube page, they put up like 14, 15-minute videos of the highlights from all the games. I had to watch the Rams one because I have to pick them apart because they were my lock last week. And then I had to watch the Giants one because I couldn't get the Giants game down here. So I had to watch Red Zone. So I barely watched the Giants game. You know what I saw? I saw a bunch of Graham Gano field goals. We'll get into that later. But that's what I saw when I watched the Giants. So I had to go back and watch some plays to see how this team performed because that's how little football I actually watched on Sunday because I'm just so over the NFL. I'm just, I'm just giving you grief because I think it's, it's funny. Warranted. Warranted. I think, I just think it's, if you were to say, you know, Matt, I don't know about that. Like, I think the Bengals are going to run with it, run away with it. Give me the Bengals. That's one thing, but Oh, it's so stupid. Oh my God. This is the worst thing. ever. Well, well, how is that entertaining? And then, and then, when oh, we, you know, Matt, I think I disagree with you on that. No, but no, I but, don't like this pick very much. No, 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 no Dennis. And that, that's why this episode, Dennis, you and I are about 15 minutes in. And all yeah, you know what we've done? We've created content for two episodes. You're welcome. But all we've talked about is the Bengals and the Browns. So it's entertaining. Hey, one of our listeners is, an, is a rabid Bengal fan. So It's entertaining, and I, and I don't know that we're doing it. My, my only point is that just using this as an example, maybe today, maybe by the end of the show, we'll have something else to disagree on and prove the other person right or wrong. But I'm just saying it's when you – you come so hard on one show about something that neither of us truly care about is Brown's bangles. But then the next show when me or whoever it may be say, oh, Dennis, you got really intense about this one topic that neither of us at the end of the day care about. Now it's, well, we don't care. I'm just saying you got to be able to eat your crow. I'm eating it, you're, but I really don't care. But you're kind of covering your tracks. here for the content, baby. That's it. You don't care until you cared and got all up in arms saying how dumb of a pick it was. So, yeah, for the content. Even if I'm super, ru- I mean, did I gloat that I was the only one picking the Giants to beat the Panthers a couple weeks ago? No, I didn't care. I just knew the Giants would win, and I made the pick, and then we're good to go. But you and I also weren't like I didn't say the Panthers, and you and I had this insane disagreement. We both knew that was that was very possible. It's the same way. Sure. You and I both picked the Giants this week, but we I don't think either of us would have said if the Raiders had won that we were shocked or how could this have never happened? shocked if the Giants lose. We exactly. almost did. Let's let's move on to that. Let's talk about uh Giants Raiders. Giants- I just like to let you know, and of course, listeners, the outlandish shit is continuing. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep just hammering, I'm gonna call you stupid whenever I can. Whenever it's applicable. Hell, I called you stupid for saying that even if when if Derrick Henry was healthy you were going to pick the titans he wasn't healthy and the rams looked like ass mm-hmm. that's another analysis 
It'll yeah, just... and it works both ways. So there you go. Yeah, you should have picked the Titans. I, I, I would have called you really stupid, and then you could have just hammered me. You, I wouldn't even. I would just have to sit here in silence. When I'm really stupid, call me really stupid. When you're really stupid, I'm going to throw it right back. You just seem to be a little like, nah, didn't care the whole time. No, I am. I'm a mad guy. So when you're right, though, when you're right, though, it's, it's you definitely. Well, you wanted to bring it up. Speaking of meh, let's talk about Big Blue. Yeah. So Giants went 23-16 in a game, Woo! I believe, in our pick circle. I mean, well, obviously, when you host later in the week, we'll go more in depth in the, the upcoming picks and the standings. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to put a little announcement here because now that we have two guest pickers, and they're all hot and bothered for their picks, okay? You've been listening to Matt and Dennis for quite a while. We're nearing 100 episodes. We're not going over picks on the early episode in the week. We record Monday, Tuesday, Sunday night sometimes. We're not going over picks. We're not revealing results. It's not happening, okay? We're doing it on Thursday. So you can keep track of your own picks and tally up your totals if you'd like, but you ain't going to hear them here from me. I don't care. I'm not going into the spreadsheet. I don't go that deeply one way or another. I just, I don't know. I think I will tell you this, though. Old's still fresh. Yeah. Either way, my lack of the Rams, uh, that's that's back-to-back weeks minus one. So, not good. But uh, well, go ahead, Matt. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, you're okay. fine. Oh, uh, yeah, just initial thoughts. Giants win a game that I believe all of us, except Nick, um, had them winning. Um, and like I just said moments ago, I – I think we were all confident in the Giants' chances, but I don't think if the Raiders had won that game, any of us would have been shocked. Just the way this team has been inconsistent, the way they've been with injuries. seems like if the offense is great, the defense is terrible. It seems the defense is is great, the offense is terrible. It it can never really be both, and they can't be healthy on on both sides of the ball at the same time. Defense showed up, and – there were some very interesting, some really great things that happened and some very questionable things that happened. For example, uh, Elijah Penny uh, seemed to get the ball. Uh, I, I, I saw the numbers yesterday. I forget. I don't have them off the top of my head. But Elijah Penny, I think, saw like maybe twice the action combined of that of Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay. Again, I forget what the actual yardage was and the targets and all of that. But Elijah Penny, I even threw a meme in the group chat of the guy and the jealous girl, and it's Jason Garrett looking at Elijah Penny, ignoring Galladay and Kadarius Tony. But for somehow that worked. <laughs> and the Giants played really well. Devontae Booker played extremely well. Um, finally was able to really uh, get some holes through that offensive line, looked, looked really sharp, got the game ball in the locker room, which was huge. But Dennis, the defense, once again, Saving grace for for I wouldn't even say saving grace. They they just played really well, and you know who had a really great game. Not to say that they've been playing poor by any stretch. This individual has had a pretty solid season, um, but Xavier McKinney had a fantastic game. And Giants probably don't win that game if it wasn't for um, his performance yesterday. Um, obviously, multiple defensive uh, turnovers for the Giants, or and and. Yeah, they get out of there. I'm seeing the Raiders and Derek Carr go down the field at the end of the fourth quarter. I'm like, all right, Raiders tie the game on a uh, regulation-ending touchdown. We go to overtime. Something terrible probably happens. Giants lose by three to the Raiders. Whatever life goes on, we could all have seen that coming a mile away. Giants, big stop. Fumble recovery ends the game. Giants beat the Raiders, Dennis. We're going on. We're going to a bye with a three-and-six record. And I'll say this, obviously the Raiders, we talked about 
before the weekend started. The Raiders were not the same team that they were mere weeks ago. Um, when they started the season, they looked a lot better. Obviously, they've had a lot of issues with their personnel um, that I'm sure have not made for the greatest uh, locker room environment. Um, we talk about the Chiefs, who struggled again this week, still found a way to win, but struggled um, this week, struggled against the Giants in a game the Giants probably could have won. But just for a second, just for the sake of argument and for the sake of bringing some joy to Giants Nation, with all of our injuries and the way the Giants have played up until recently, up until these two games, we saw a team with one win against the Saints that what were the odds we were going to beat Carolina? We didn't know. We knew we were going to get demolished against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. We didn't win. We should have won, but we didn't get demolished. We had a lead with eight minutes left. And then we beat the Raiders. The, the, the road ahead is still tricky. We get a bye, but then we're in Tampa, and hopefully I'll be at that one. But then after that, the road gets easier as it gets to December. Um, the road gets significantly easier. We've grabbed a couple wins out of this, this streak of games that none of us thought we, we – thinking one win would be a stretch. And with still a lot of our weapons not there, not 100%, we're we're knocking off a couple wins so far on the streak of playing against teams that are significantly better than us. So uh, I'll let you have the floor, but those are kind of my initial thoughts. Uh, really pleased right now. And I just hope like this bye is a great chance to kind of correct some of those mistakes that could have had us wins against the chiefs and hopefully give those guys that need more time um, to come back like Barkley um, and Shepard and Slayton and, and company. Hopefully it gives them that window of time they need. And, and who knows what the situation looks like going into Tampa, but your thoughts. Yeah, I'll start uh, with the positives and you, you hit it, the defense. Once again, we've talked about them all season long in any game that the giants could have won or did win. It's been the defense that's carried the torch and hats off. Like you said, to Xavier McKinney, the pick six is massive. The second interception to stall out that drive, get the Giants the football back. Absolutely massive. I believe the next drive for the offense is when we got the final field goal to get up by seven, correct? correct. Which is huge to get up a touchdown. Uh, and also, he's been trending up. James Bradbury, he's been asked to shadow Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller in back to back weeks. Not the easiest of objectives. Kelsey was. Nowhere to be found last Monday night. How much of that, again, is how bad the Chiefs have looked, and they look bad again this week. But Waller is – he's basically a wide receiver. And he was all over him. And how much of it is him? He had two opportunities to make touchdown grabs. He makes Carr throw it where only Waller can get it. Luckily for the Giants, Waller's not eight feet tall, so he's not coming down with those balls. You got to credit Bradbury with that. Uh, he did get beat on the Hunter Redfro touchdown, but it's a nice route. He's a smaller, quicker guy. Maybe, maybe it's a difference. Again, number one corner. Maybe he should be playing a little bit better. But, hey, you're not going to make all the plays. You did stop two touchdowns, force Carr to have to elevate the football and basically throw him out of bounds. So take it for what it's worth with Bradbury. I thought he played well. The pass rush, man. Dexter Lawrence coming into the middle. I thought Leonard Williams. Williams, he had a huge bat down at one point. 
in the game. He has played, he has played really well the last couple of weeks. There have been key guys that have really stepped up for this Giants defense in the last couple of weeks. And I don't want to make too much out of nothing. I wish still three and six. Even, I mean, outside of, I guess, the Carolina win, they're all ugly wins, but been only two more outside of the Carolina win. So, but against probably better teams in Carolina, we saw Carolina struggle again, very badly. Sam Darnold has fallen off a cliff since the first couple of weeks of the year. But this offense, man, stagnant. The first possession of the game, driving right down, touchdown, trend center, game center. Get, get the crowd into it. Texted our good little buddy, Kyle. I asked him how the environment was. What, what, what's MetLife sound like? He said the place is into it. That's good to hear because they weren't really into it from what we had heard. He was there week one against Denver. It might not have even been the opening game of the NFL season. We were all there when they played Atlanta. Crowd was iffy. Basically, they were as loud for Eli Manning getting enshrined than they were for the entire game. So it's, it's, I wanted to know how the Giant fans are responding, how they're acting. So it was nice to hear that it sounded like the crowd was into it. But the offense... The offensive line, the run game looked fine. We were able to get holes. Booker finally had a nice game on the ground. I think we've hopefully seen really the last of him in a dominant running game role, like you mentioned, going to the bye. Hopefully Barkley is fully healthy. He comes back. It was nice to see Booker involved in the pass game a little bit. I still think the play calling is eh. There there are moments that stupid play where it looked like Tony was going to throw the ball downfield and it just completely got blown up. Like, I know a lot of teams are doing that, and a lot of times defenses are not being fooled by it anymore. But you got to do better than throw the ball five yards behind the line of scrimmage and then have to make Tony run for his life to salvage those five yards to get back, and he can't get back to the line of scrimmage. It's just, it's not good execution. And if that's the best you got, I mean, then we don't see it again. So if you have that much faith in it, call it again, do something, like do something. Let me let me interject here for a second because that's kind of what I talked about. And it's and I feel like this was kind of the case for the majority of the Chiefs game. Obviously, as the game got into the, the later moments, we started seeing Tony more, no deep routes, nothing like that. But we saw him kind of getting these small yardage uh, targets. But it's concerning to me, like up until late in the Chiefs game, the only time we really saw him utilized was like a, a, a quick little lateral or whatever it was to Tony and then looking at Tony throwing it downfield. And then the really the first and only like few moments of action that Tony got against the Raiders was a very similar play call. Mm-hmm. And barely saw Galladay. And again, to my point, Elijah Penny, who looked really good and was really impactful for us, really extending, extending uh, drives and, which is great. I'm happy about that. But why are the only times we seem to be seeing Tony in these kind of situations? First off, and is Galladay just not a hundred percent? Is Tony not a hundred percent? Or do we have what I think? At least I know I fear. I don't. I think you fear to an extent that Jason Garrett just is. Obviously, the experiment hasn't worked. We've said that multiple times. But is it? Is it he's just not as good of an offensive mind as we were led to believe? Is it I know people in Dallas would have strong opinions on that. Is it he just doesn't know how to utilize Tony and Galladay? We didn't see Tony until week three or four. Yeah. 
who knew, who knows how he could have impacted that Atlanta and Denver game if he was being utilized and he was healthy. We didn't see him in, in the Atlanta game until we were riddled with injuries and he was forced to right. go on the field. Right. It's a question we've asked all year is why hasn't he been on the field? To your point too, with Galladay, I don't know if he was on a snap count. I didn't go and beat reporters. I didn't see any press conferences. I didn't see anyone say anything. So I don't know how healthy he was. He did make two really good in-traffic catches. That's what your number one receiver is there to do. And he looked really good doing it. I don't know. Like, I forget what they called Kittle. He was on, it wasn't a snap count, but because Kittle came back from IR, like playing for the 49ers. So it's, we're managing how many snaps he's going to play, how much action, how much route running he's actually doing. I don't know if the Giants were doing that with Galladay to be cautious. Obviously heading into the bye week, hey, he's healthy enough to play, but let's not push this and aggravate anything that might still be lingering. That's a possibility. But, I mean, the offense just outside of the opening drive to go down and get the touchdown, just stagnant. And multiple times you drive down the field and the offense's MVP, Graham Gano, has to bail you out. And luckily he played well and was perfect on the day kicking field goals because any one of those misses could seriously jeopardize a giant win uh, on Sunday. That's just the fact. If he misses one of those field goals, it could totally change momentum, field position, what have you. So luckily he comes up and he hits all of his field goals and that's massive, especially the last one to increase it to a touchdown lead to make Oakland drive the length of the field. And then luckily the defense bails them out once Las, again, Las, but even what Las Vegas. Oh, what did I call him? Oakland? Oakland. I called him Oakland a few times over the weekend too. Either way, but the, even the defense as well as they played, they still allowed Oakland to extend drives, a bunch of third down conversions, the fourth down conversion with Mariota was sickening to watch because it was almost like, do you think they're going to let Mariota throw the ball? There's some type of wildcat read option play designed here. And that's exactly what it was. The Giants couldn't stop it. But to their credit, it was a bend, don't break mentality. That's what I looked at. It was a bunch of field goals. You throw in a couple of turnovers and you bail out the Giants offense that, again, just looks average. And that's being nice to the Giants offense average to me that they're not anywhere close to above average at this point. And I don't, I understand we're not a hundred percent healthy, but a lot of the guys were back. We're running the ball better. So the defense bails them out, but it still, it took either big plays or interceptions. And then obviously halting a long drive by Vegas and getting a field goal. So I credit the defense for not breaking because if they did, the game could have got out of hand, similar to kind of what we saw against the Rams, but luckily they held their own and, Hey, we'll, we'll settle for three instead of seven and just continue to, you know, chip away at this lead and then get a lead and then continue to try to try to add on. But I don't know. I, I, if you have anything else, I wanted to throw something at you because I don't really listen to the fan, but again, being on YouTube and doing a little research today, having to watch some game film to, Talk about this game. I saw a clip from Boomer and Geo, which I'm assuming was from this morning. And I hate thinking this way because what Boomer said to Geo in response to what Geo said is all Giants fans. We've already gone through this. Geo believes that where the offense is, and I think all Giants fans are in agreement that Garrett needs to go. And we have more and more joining the boat that is fired Gettleman. It's Gettleman, Jones, Barkley all get shipped out. They are one. The experiment with Barkley isn't working. 
Jones is going to be an average quarterback at best. Again, there are plays where that third down play where he rushes for the first down, giving up the body, could have totally got a concussion, rib shot, whatever. But it extends the drive. It was the drive the Giants were able to go down the field and get yet again another field goal, but still points. But I wonder if that's a thinking where if we're going to buy into Joe Judge and we're going to let this be his team, if we're bringing in a new GM, get rid of the big second overall pick in Barkley, try to get what you can for it. As long as he comes back and is healthy and performs, he raises his stock a little bit more. And you get rid of Daniel Jones and you just have to start over. Now, what obviously you probably know where I'm going and anyone thinking Giants, this is the same thing we said early on with Eli Manning. And even in those years where Coughlin doesn't have it, Eli's not the guy and what they do. They came out and they would win a Super Bowl the next year. And then the same kind of conversations came up. And three or four years later, the Giants won another Super Bowl. Now, the first one, the way Geo outlined it is those are outliers. We're talking about one of the greatest wins in all of sports history, taking down the undefeated Patriots, stopping history from being made. It's an outlier. The second one, a little bit less, but still, we're talking about a nine and seven football team at that point. That's, er, no, we were 10 and six. We won the division the second time. Right. I think either way. I don't know how much I want to. It's just he, he, he basically said that it's just the monotony of the Giants. One more year. We have the pieces in place. Let's get past the injuries. It can work. It can work. And just the constant belief that we have, because he, he said literally what I can see happening. The Giants finished the year with seven wins. The offseason storyline is going to be look at how the second half went. Look at how we finished. Let's get our pieces back. Let's have a healthy season. And we can contend for the postseason. We can contend for a wild card spot. Maybe the division, depending on the rest of how the rest of the teams shake out going into next year. But at the same time, man, have we talked about that before? Haven't we said that before, even with this Giants team? Look at how they finished last year. The pieces are there. They're buying in. Joe Judge might be the guy. He's riding the ship. The locker room's changing. And here we are this year. And yes, injuries have been a huge part huge but maybe there's a point where you're looking at a bad offense and the offensive line has a lot to do with that how the rushing attack was successful yesterday and yet there are multiple times where daniel jones drops back and he doesn't have much time to throw the ball the receivers don't have a lot of time to run their routes get open get in free space and even at times they're not able to get you know into free space so i I don't know. I thought that was something intriguing, something interesting to think about. You know, before if, I, if maybe, like you've said, because you've been the one beating the drum correct. to get Gettleman out. Mm-hmm. And I, at this point, no one can really disagree with you. Yeah. But is it easy enough to get rid of his two biggest acquisitions? Yeah. And we didn't go quarterback in the Barkley year because he's a gold jacket guy. He's a guy that can get to the Hall of Fame. He has the it factor. Mm-hmm. And then we take Daniel Jones super early because we believed other people would take him, but they believed he was the guy. So if he's the guy, you got to go and get him. Yeah. Then, I mean, first off, before I get into that, just before I forget, I just wanted to say, and it's kind of on the topic of Dave Gettleman, but shout out to Evan Ingram. I was almost certain he was going to be uh, let go uh, from the Giants, and he has had two pretty – pretty solid games back to back. And it's more than we've seen from Evan Ingram in a long time. 
Just wanted to say that before I forgot. Um, but on the topic of Dave Gettleman, uh, Saquon Barkley, and Daniel Jones, I agree with you to an extent, um, not completely. And the Giants kind of got themselves in this mess. Do I think looking back at it now that taking Saquon Barkley was the right pick? I do. Because, again, he was just such a generational talent. There was no way we could have skipped out on him him being available. That's the type of player we talk about. This is going to be someone that elevates the team. And the belief across the board, across the NFL, was that he was that guy. Not to say he still can't be that guy, but the dude just has not been able to stay healthy. And, I mean, sure, injuries are a part of the game, so you could say we could have saw it, but no one could have seen it coming to this extent. So while looking back at it, it obviously, if, if, if we had known this would have been the case, I don't think any Giants fans would have still said draft Saquon Barkley in that position. So I don't think it's fair for us to kind of look back at it now, and that's one thing I'll say that I'm not going to blame Dave Gettleman for. None of us could have saw this happening. Saquon didn't have this extensive history of injuries. He wasn't going into the draft from Penn State as this guy that can't stay healthy. Uh, that just wasn't the case with Saquon Barkley. So injuries are part of the game, but I don't think we would have expected it. And if we had known, if we had a magic eight ball that said at this point in his career with the Giants, this is what it would have been, then I'm sure we would have gone back to the past and whispered in Dave Gettleman's ear and tell him, would have told him that that's a bad idea. The other thing with Daniel Jones like I've obviously been a Daniel Jones defender. Um, I said at the beginning of the year, um, I wasn't as excited about him as I, as I was previously. Um, but he has kind of proven me wrong since I made that comment earlier this year. I think he has done as much as he can with very little. I think he has improved the, the fumble uh, problem greatly. The thing I think right now he needs to improve on, and we saw this against the Raiders, was while his offensive line is breaking down and they're not doing much for him, he needs to have better awareness in that pocket. I can see those guys coming. I mean, obviously, I'm, we're watching on TV, so we see him coming before he does. These guys are coming from a mile away, and he has no clue who's behind him, who's near him, which typically has been leading to these fumbles. Offensive line does a terrible job, but then you, you got to know, especially when you have that much, that much time that, that someone's coming behind you. Um, you saw it happen this week, like you said, it resulted in a fumble this week. Yeah, and I think I think Gettleman, to your point, if Giants had this awesome second half. We're like, up, oh, let's get everyone healthy again. We're going to be great. It'll do all this stuff in the offseason. Then when we come around next year, we've been doing that too much. I think Gettleman is gone, regardless of if the Giants win out or do not win another game. I think Gettleman is. I mean. If the Giants went out and can make it to the playoffs and, and do something in some crazy happenstance, maybe that changes things. I just don't foresee that happening. So I, I think even if the Giants go 500 the rest of the year and barely miss the playoffs and it's something where the Eagles tank again or whatever the heck happens, I, I think Gettleman is gone. Um, I just think it's too many years of the, of the same thing. And I think the Mayor family is sick of it and they're sick of not being able to go do ceremonies at halftime in their own stadium and not get booed out of the building. So I think serious change is going to come. I don't think judge is going anywhere. I don't think Daniel Jones is going anywhere. Um, reason I think that is, I, I think he still has a tremendous upside. Do I think when it's said and done, is he going to be an elite quarterback in the NFL? I don't think so. 
do I think he'll be an above average quarterback in the NFL? I believe so. I believe with, with a average, I said it before, it doesn't need to be a top offensive line in the NFL. It needs to be average. And that offensive line doesn't even sniff being average. The weapons we added in the offseason, none of them have been healthy. We haven't even had the majority of them healthy at one point, much less all of them. I really think we can see great things with him in the future. Getting a new GM, I could understand how a new GM would want to come in and say, Joe Judge, see, I'm getting my guy. Daniel Jones, see, I'm getting my guy. But also, if the Giants do have a significantly better second half of the season, I don't know what quarterback we're taking that we're going to have significantly more confidence in than Daniel Jones. And if you or me or someone in our group chat says there's someone in the draft that we think would be significantly better than Daniel Jones or people that just hate Daniel Jones and want him to fail, just say for the sake of saying that Joe Schmo from Florida is in the draft, we can get him in the second round and he'll be better than Daniel Jones. I just don't think for what I've seen in Daniel Jones upside and what he's had to deal with and what he's accomplished which, you know, doesn't say a whole lot, but what he's been able to do and what he's wanted to do for the team with the thing, with the team around him, which isn't great and isn't healthy. I just think the risk of starting from scratch again, and like you said last week, I don't think we're getting the first, second, third, fourth pick this year. So are we willing to take the risk that we can put ourselves in a position that we want to trade some picks of this team's future to get another quarterback or to hope that later in the draft, the quarterback of the future falls onto our lap. Do we want to take that risk and kick Daniel Jones out the door and say, let's, let's take a chance and start over and risk another three to five plus years of this happening again, of this situation that we as Giants fans have been living through. I think you're going to find Giants fans who do want to take that risk and think it's well worth it. And I think you're going to find a good group of Giants fans that, that don't believe that. I find myself in one of those positions. Yeah, Daniel Jones, I'm not coming on this podcast in our group chat saying, yeah, sure, every now and then when he makes a good play in a game, I'll go Danny Dimes, caps, caps lock in the text and, and get excited. And when he made that catch, that was one of the best catches, if not the, one of the best plays of the day. And I'm going to get hyped and amped up about that. And I'm going to be like, let's go. That's our guy right there. Of course, I'm going to do that. But am I like going into work, talking football on Monday morning? Like, boom, did you guys see Danny Dimes last night against the Raiders? Like killing it, quarterback of the future. No, I'm not doing any of that. Um, but I just think, again, saying halfway through the season or even at the end of the season, assuming how we think this season will go the remainder of the year, I think it would be too much of a risk to leave someone that I genuinely think has that much of an upside to take a chance at potentially trading more of this team's future away to take a risk on someone else that would be average at best. That kind of a tangent. Yes, there's a huge unknown. You could trade away you can get a guy in the, there are a bevy of quarterbacks once again, coming out next year, but it's all risk. You don't know who's going to do what at the next level. So I'm with you. There's a risk, but I worry that with Gettleman being gone, if he is in fact gone, there is a high probability that a GM comes in and will bet the house sure. on a quarterback. If he falls that much in love with him to go and get him. Cause that's what it's all about. 
You can trade away your future, but if you got your quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, and at this point, how long they're lasting in the NFL because of the rule changes, you have to do it. Yeah, and to make it to make it clear, I'm not necessarily saying I don't think that could or would happen. I think that's again, depending on assuming we don't just blow everyone's minds and just go off the remainder of the season. I can definitely see that's happening. I'm just saying I personally would be against that approach at this point in time, but I wouldn't, I can absolutely see that playing out that way. I think if Gettleman is let go, it's a massive concern. Giants fans will have to deal with in the off season. What is the future of Daniel Jones and what do they do come draft time where they're currently around? You're right. You got to imagine the lions might go quarterback. I think the Falcons are going to be involved. Uh, Who am I forgetting? Houston. Jacksonville, potentially. They're they're not going quarterback. No, they're not going quarterback, but they're going to be up there. Yeah, but but that's what I I mean. We're going to fall, and there should be probably – there's probably going to be an edge rusher that's available. More than likely a solid tackle or at least an interior offensive lineman. That's probably the route that they go and should go. Yeah, I, I just thought you were saying who who are the who's likely. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm just yeah. saying teams that were, that are going to be down there that are going to be looking for yeah. quarterback, and then of course the magic unknown of who trades up. Well, here let me um, and we're gonna have got obviously playing. I mean, hell, Philly's probably going to be there. Are they going to go quarterback? Is Jalen Hurts there? You know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of teams the Giants are going to have to contend with. And I think that's possible. Yeah. Because do, you, do do you run the risk? blowing things up, training away the future, going after a guy that, again, unproven, just because he had great a great college career, which many of them will this year that from are coming out. Philly, but From all the Philly people I talk to, they're not – I mean, they'll, they'll – I would not be happy. I mean, I can't imagine – Serrani is his last name, right? What? Nick's, is it Serrani? I say his last name? Sirianni. I can't envision him returning at the end of the year. He has done such a bad job with that football team. I can see him coming back, but I, but I will Did you say. see that the the fans threw the bouquet of flowers at him because he called like <laughs> the season a, a blue blooming or some crap like that? The flower blooming. Gotta love Philly. But no, I when I talk to all my family and, and friends like that, I went to school with that temple. I'll do this thing. It's it's kind of like the like a lamer version of like I can talk smack about like my brother, or my friends, all I want, but you can't type type yeah. of thing where they'll. It's not as much that as it's like if you go ask them, like, oh, yeah, what do you think about Nick Sirianni? What do you think about Jalen Hurts as your your franchise quarterback? They'll put on, like, like that mask where, like, you're crying, but, like, it's a happy face. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's he's great. We love him. That's that's our guy. Daniel Jones is terrible. He's Jalen Hurts. That's, that's the guy. And then, like, to each other or in their own, like, social media accounts, it's like, I hate this guy. So it's – kind of like it's literally like the mask the crying the happy face mask over someone crying um dennis i do want to ask you something uh before we move on um we obviously talked about the browns and Bengals at length and mentioned odell two teams now that just he has parted ways with uh, at some point you gotta look in the mirror and say maybe i'm the problem um, which I think he's the problem, and that's why I wanted him out of New York. And, wow, he went to Cleveland, and it was a mess again. Who could have saw that one coming? Um, and you you said uh, – you, you texted our, our group chat saying, good morning, Matt. Like, I want something to trigger you this morning or something like that. The Giants should sign Odell. Did you really mean that? No, I'm just trying to stir the pot. Okay. That's 
That's what we I are thought. not in the position to put that cancer. Oh, hold, on. hold on, that's that's a different thing though. We're not in the position. I don't think it's going to happen. But enough people, including Giants beat writers, floated the idea. It wasn't like it came out of nowhere. It was just you attempting. Oh to- no, yeah, I I saw it before. Yeah, I was like, I was like, these guys. I remember how ticked off you and Kyle and Ellis and everyone got when Odell left, and I seem to be the only one in our Giants circle that. I hated that it had to end that way, but I was relieved that he was gone. So when you said that, I was like, I think he's just messing with me, but there could be a part of Dennis where if the contract was low enough where he would welcome that. So I just, I just wanted to float that by. There is a part of me where I look at this Giants team where we are injury ridden. And he's not, he's, you assume healthy. He's dealt with a bevy of injuries the last couple of years. And maybe that's part of why his production has been in the toilet. But he was so good with the. I mean, he salvaged the back end of Eli Manning's career. The guy was unstoppable in his first two years. He vaulted into becoming the, the NFL's like in the top five receiver category. He was that good. And then I don't know where he went wrong on off the field, wherever it was where he completely flipped and it, the Josh Norman stuff, the field goal net, the peeing in the end zone. That's just a small list. Drugs getting pooped on strippers and cocaine and pizza, whatever that storyline was, let's just keep rattling them off. You're in New York, dude. You can't do that crap. He went to Cleveland and you still can't do it. It's the NFL. Was the poop? The most high, you're a high-profile guy. I thought he was already in Cleveland when the poop story came out. Did he? Was he? I thought he was. I could be wrong. I thought he was maybe, in Cleveland. Maybe he was. I think it was like right when he got to Cleveland, the poop story came maybe. out. Maybe. Who knows? I. What a, but what yeah, a, I, right as much as I want to believe to Cleveland, that, that, <laughs> that the 2014, 2015 Odell is somewhere in there, that guy that could be put anywhere on the field and could torch a defense. I think that guy's gone. And I'm sorry. When you look at the numbers, they don't lie. How is a quarterback that much better, that much more efficient when you're off the field? And is it because you're coming back to the huddle constantly chirping in his ear? Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Why don't you catch the ball? Why don't you run the correct route? Why don't you do something when I give you the ball? It's amazing how much more effective the Browns have looked with him off the field. We saw it this weekend. Now credit Nick Chubb for a lot of that. Credit their defense for completely shutting down what has been a fairly high-powered Bengal offense in year one of this big-time, young, new-look Bengal team. You can go back a little bit last year, but Jamar Chase is a rookie, so a little bit new-look. I don't believe he should play down in the NFL for any team. I think, and he comes out saying, I want to play for a contender. Shut the hell up, Odell. You don't get to choose what contender wants to bring you in their locker room. At this point, the only team that might sign Odell is the Minnesota Vikings. And that's because Justin Jefferson, stupidly, but I'm sure Odell handed him some fat cash when they won the national championship, had a free Odell hooded sweatshirt on in warmups on Sunday. So just because they're both LSU guys and Odell was there handing out $100 bills to the Tigers national championship team, he wants to free Odell. 
So maybe that's the one team that would take him, and they could probably use another playmaker for Kirk Cousins. But other than that, no, no. Yeah, I, I again, I, I, I didn't say too much when you said that because I, well, one, I was at work, and two, I was like, I'm not giving them the satisfaction. And then it was kind of like I thought about it, and I'm like, he could be serious. And I was like, for the right price. There was a little part of me that was serious when I sent the text, but no, in a million, if it actually happened, oh, God. I mean, it could be so, it could be disastrous. Here's the thing. I see a lot more people than I would have. I I wasn't, by no means was I shocked to see Giants fans and Giants writers floating the idea. But I was just slightly surprised and concerned, frankly, at how many people genuinely were like, we need him. We need him to, to... rebuild the team and we need him to give us a chance and all along like we talk about joe judge and how desperately this team needs to change the culture and blah 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 and you know dennis honestly i know it's just a snapshot but the giants when we win which hasn't been often shows like the locker room speed shows joe judge handing out the game ball again that's just a brief snapshot we're not seeing practice we're not seeing what's going on the rest of the week but it doesn't seem like a room where the locker room is lost seems like a locker room where the guys are playing for the coach. The coach cares deeply about his players and the players care deeply about each other. And it's a positive environment. When you win, everything gets better, but it doesn't strike me in that moment that it's a, it's a team where the locker room is in, is in mental disarray. You bring Odell in there and anything that positive that Joe judge has done this far to change the culture or try to get it going in the right direction or how Danny dimes has all of his players really bought into him and his work ethic. I think that all goes out the window. Even if Odell came in on a one-year, $1 million contract, I don't think it is remotely worth it. And there are plenty of people out there that do think it's worth it um, and would give that guy a much bigger contract than one year, $1 million, which why? what reason do you have to believe? I know you said you think he still has that 2015-2016 Odell him but what no, reason, I believe that he does but I don't think it's there yeah what reason would anyone have to believe that it would be any different if not worse significantly worse this time around Dennis I, I want to just move I have a couple more things I just wanted to get your opinions on uh you and I talked about changing the format of our picks because it's just all of us week in week out saying how the Jets will lose one way or another it's gotten very interesting for a little brother in the Meadowlands. Uh, Zach Wilson, obviously uh, battling um, an injury, expected to be okay and come back. Um, but then they find someone, Matt, or Mike White, uh, their backup, who comes in, and we talked about their game against the Bengals. We didn't really talk about this last week, um, but it's been all the, the rage on FAN. Could it be a quarterback controversy? What would? Uh, why had the Jets not really come out so strongly and said Mike White's really good we're enjoying what he's doing but Zach Wilson is our definite quarterback or franchise guy going forward they haven't really said a whole lot of that and at what point does Mike White need to perform for there to really be a I mean for them it's a very serious quarterback controversy if it gets to that point if it's not already for me it's hilarious and I love it and I just want chaos curious if you had any strong opinions on it no Cool. All right, we'll move on. This this early on, you know, create controversy for the number two pick overall. You you love a guy that much to take him second overall. There has to be no controversy. And I'm not 
then how I'm not going to sit. And look, White looked okay, and then he got hurt, and Johnson came in, and he lit it up. I mean, the Jets have put 30 points up on the board back-to-back weeks. And, you know, to how much of that is the opponent, how much of it is them, we don't know, but. I agree with you, Zach Wilson. You wouldn't just move on from your number two guy that quickly uh, for a backup. But it's just, I think you could say the word controversy, and it's very curious that, again, and they've talked about this on the fan, on Boomer and Geo and, and Carton and Roberts. How well, of course they have. Both the New York football teams suck, and they have to create speculation. But they're not wrong. How come the Jets have really, like, how difficult would it be for the Jets to come out and just say, Mike, Mike White's doing, playing well, Zach Wilson's our guy? Because they haven't really done that. So that's interesting to me. That's the only reason I brought it up. Well, all right. Yeah, I mean, if they've been asked the question and they've, you know, circled around it, then maybe. I did not know that, you know, part of it, but. Yeah, they, they really haven't. I mean, they're alluding to Zach Wilson, but they're not coming out like so strongly shutting down any rumors or any potential chance of there being a quarterback controversy down the road for them. I mean, Jet, the Jets, too, to the other side of this token, are going to overreact. About the Jets have had less to root about than the Giants, so finally something exciting uh, is happening for them in the form of a backup quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean – Anywho, Dennis, I wanted to move on to college athletics, if you could believe it or not. I typically don't have, typically don't have much to say, at least about college football, but I just wanted to say this. We talked you guys about, look good again this week. Yeah, oh yeah, Temple's a dumpster fire. Um, we talked about Michigan State, Michigan, though, and we, we gave a little recap on that game. Michigan State loses to Purdue. Purdue has now beaten two top three teams in two straight weeks. I haven't looked at the AP poll. Two out of three. They lost to Wisconsin in between that. Okay. All right. So two out of three, uh, two out of three weeks, they've beaten two top three teams. Got to think they're in the polls. I didn't check today, but I thought that was impressive. Purdue? Uh, I don't know if they would be. I mean, the AP came out, but it doesn't make the college football playoffs or the polls that matter. And they don't come out till tomorrow at nine because college basketball comes back tomorrow, believe it or not. Temple plays Maryland Eastern Shore Wednesday night. So that'll be exciting. But no, I just college football. I'm curious if you had any thoughts. And uh, moving on, uh, like you mentioned, college basketball starts tomorrow. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. Any strong uh, thoughts or opinions, Mr. Dennis? Uh, No really strong thoughts or opinions. Uh, it is unfortunate. I'm just double checking the polls here. No, Purdue is not in the AP top 25. Wow. That's, that's, that's unfortunate. Nice. Ellis's kitty cats are hanging in there. Tough though. At 23. So uh, I will say this though, because we're probably not going to get to it on Thursday. Cause I'll totally forget about it. Purdue next on the schedule, the Ohio state Buckeyes. So, Hey, Buckeyes top five, they very well could vault into the top four. Now the Michigan state lost possible upset. Maybe probably not, but Regardless, uh, no, college-wise, it's unfortunate what's happening to Cincinnati. Uh, and, you know, you're a big group of five guy. You're an American guy with Temple, obviously. But, I mean, they are not doing themselves any favors. They are getting help. Two top ten teams go down this week in the form of Wake Forest in just a all-time barn burner, mm-hmm. back and forth. Uh, and then, obviously, Michigan State. But 
I mean, they again, they almost lost to Tulsa. Like this team, they're struggling. They're getting the job done. The defense is coming up when it needs to be. But for whatever reason, I mean, they were up 21-12 at one point, and then all of a sudden it's 28-20, or it was 28-12. And they allowed Tulsa. Tulsa lost to an FCS school in week two, folks, okay? I'm just saying. A long time ago, nearly two months at this point, still happened. Same football team. You need style points at this point. You, ha- you know, you, you get into the college football playoff rankings at six. You need a lot of help, a lot of help. I know Alabama didn't look great. Still a win. It's against a rival. It's an SEC game. They're not going to move. They're going to stay at two. It's just going to be a win. Check it on the chalkboard. Uh, the unfortunate thing is barring some crazy-ass upset, the number one team in the country is coasting to the SEC title game. And it's unfortunate the way SEC makes their schedules. It's also Georgia getting the benefit of the doubt that their rival just happens to be Georgia Tech, and they kind of suck. But Georgia finishes their SEC schedule this week against Tennessee. Could be a good one. Tennessee's got a legit offense. Georgia obviously has given up, I think, six total touchdowns or something like that on the season. So, yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, and then they play an FCS school, and then they play Georgia Tech. They have a bye, and then the SEC championship game. So we're just assuming they're in the SEC title game. Georgia will be the number one team the rest of the way. But, yeah, I don't really have any big thoughts. I will say semi-biased, but just to stir the pot, and the college football world knows that they're hanging on in the background. Everybody hates them. But the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are still in the top 10. They still have one loss. And the football playoff rankings are all about generating viewership, which generates cash. Notre Dame does that. So if they keep winning and Cincinnati keeps winning, all of a sudden that loss for Notre Dame is viewed as a good loss. And since he's not jumping into the playoff, not that Notre Dame would, it hurts them that they don't have a uh, conference championship game. Just join the freaking ACC, so you would have one. And in a year where you could win the ACC, because Wake, they're now on un- their unblemished season is now blemished with a loss. Pitt, they have two losses, so they're not going anywhere. Clemson sucks this year. Well, they did they did cover on Saturday, so thank you for that. But yeah, they're hanging there. And then when you're in the ACC, Temple and Notre Dame will get to play each other on a more regular basis. Pac-12 needs Oregon to keep winning. Otherwise, they will be a non-factor. The ACC is already a non-factor. And hell, I mean, our good buddy Ellis texted in one of our other group chats uh, after Michigan State lost, just like the Big Ten sucks. The Big Ten doesn't suck. They're just very good, and they're going to cannibalize themselves. That's, that's what's happening. And that's why I think the committee ranks so many teams now, did it help that Michigan State lost and they looked really bad doing so? No. Did it help that Minnesota, who for some reason hadn't been ranked in the AP polls once this season, but in the first week of the college football playoff rankings, got into number 20, and then they lost to Illinois 14-6? to No, it doesn't help either. So we'll see how they judge the Big Ten. But the Big Ten's cannibalizing themselves, and it's all setting up for Ohio State to have a really good loss against Oregon week two of the year to roll into the Big Ten title game, get a win, and as a one-loss team, back in the college football playoff. So minus Clemson, we're trending towards the same teams as long as Oklahoma continues to run the table. Talking about the same guys at the end of the year because it's shaping up for Bedlam as long as Oklahoma State, who looks really good right now, they have a decent loss on the schedule, losing to Iowa State. Uh, Those two teams will duke it out the final week of the regular season and then play most likely again 
in the Big 12 title game because there are no divisions in the Big 12, just the two best teams, which is how everybody should do it. But that's just my opinion. So, yeah. You want an early thought? Georgia, Bama, because I think it's going to be very hard, even if Bama loses to Georgia in the SEC title game, if they keep it close, I think Bama probably still gets in. Oregon will trip up because they're not as good and they struggled again. They let Washington hang around. Washington didn't lose the game until they muffed a punt with a minute and a half to go because they didn't want to go for it on fourth down in their like they're on their own 25. They muffed a punt, went through the back of the end zone for a safety, and that's how Oregon was able to escape with a win. Also, their head coach, Jimmy Lake, got suspended this week because apparently got an altercation and punched a player in the helmet. So all things looking good for Washington right now. But, yeah, Georgia, Bama. Well, so we'll do Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Bama will be the top four. That's a lot, of college, football. Done. Hmm? A lot of college football talk there. Uh, yeah, I try to get when I can. Yeah, I may have tapped out there for a second. Um, okay. I may well, just I may just pitch the tent. Maybe. Um, all right, Six well, Dennis, um, I think I'll put a bow on it, uh, as you would say. Good conversation. Giants go three and six. Dennis will be hosting later in the week for our what are final. We're going to talk about on Thursday. We have no Giants to preview. True. We'll have to figure it out. Uh, maybe we can plan for uh, our 100th episode. Um, 90 minutes of picks. So next week, or this later in the week, will be our final episode in the 90s. So that is uh, very exciting. It's been a great ride. Mm. Um, on a personal yeah, note. We have to be canceled, but. That was only our goal. That was our goal when we started this. Let's get to 100 episodes and never do it again. So uh, we'll be fulfilling that promise. Um, We can take another sabbatical. Dennis, I will say, we could. Um, I will say, on a personal note, Orlando City headed to the playoffs. Pumped up about that. Is that what your Instagram posts were about? Yes. And also, I went to the Magic game. I've pretty much gone, I think, every Magic. Yeah, I've been to every Magic home game so far now that I think about it. Um, Every game except one. Um, And the Magic beat a very good Utah Jazz team last night, and it was awesome. They came out with a lead. Jazz roared right back, took like a 14-point lead, and I was like, all right, there goes that. We can leave. It's going to be like a 30-point deficit, and the Magic hung in there. And they got some good young players that I think if they can get a big name in there and Markel Fultz and Isaac can get healthy, I think that team could be all right. I think that team could be all right. It was a lot of fun to watch. So yeah. it's nice having an NBA team that's not good, which makes tickets five bucks in the backyard here. It's very, very How are the hot dogs at the Amway Center? What is it called now? Amway Center. Yeah. No, they're, Ooh, they're, look at me. You know, they're not the best hot dogs I've ever had, but they're not terrible. They're stadium hot dogs. Yeah, they had, they had, but I didn't get it because I was like, I'm already spending money on beer. It's going to be way too expensive. But they had like a little sausage and pepper stand. Nice. And they looked good. They smelled good, but I was like, we got food at home. We can't do that right now. Got to fill the belly with beer. Respect probably, it. Probably expensive. Yeah, that was my, my strategy, and it definitely worked because I was not feeling good this morning. Mm. And here, yeah, Dennis, we'll dip out of here. Any, anything else you have to add? I do not. All right. We're on Twitter. Matt and Dennis Pod. Follow us there. We got episode 99 coming in hot, and then episode 100, uh, as luck would have it, will not include any Giants analysis because they're not playing. So, don't we know should probably we'll... just save episode 100 for like next Thursday, so yeah. that we can talk Giants. Maybe do some picks. Get the the fanboys on. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I, I yeah. I think it's definitely worth 
talking about in the next the next few days. So we'll we'll figure it out uh, again. Twitter at Matt Dennis Pod. So we will um, we'll talk to you there. Dennis will host and go over uh, the picks um, in a few days. So I'm Matt Scrano. That's Dennis Vinci. We'll talk to you later in the week, Dennis. Adios.